Hello, lovelies. Welcome to Horror 421, the podcast, with your host, your friendly small-town horror author, Charles Campbell. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the frights in this week's episode. This episode of Horror 421, the podcast, is brought to you by Terror Tour. Music is a killer. Virginia Morgan is the lead singer of a band called the Valley Rats. They have embarked on a regional tour. There is excitement in the air, but there is also something else. One by one, members of the band receive ominous letters at each stop. At first, they think it is a harmless prank staged by a fan. Soon, they learn it is something much more sinister. The band will have to come together to play the show of their lives if there is any hope that they can survive the Terror Tour. Terror Tour can be found at valleyboypublications.com by clicking on the shop tab. Hello everyone, welcome to a special episode of Horror 421, the podcast. Uh, I'm your host, small town horror author, Charles Campbell, and today I don't have a guest. I'm going to talk about what I have out there and, uh, you know kind of my journey in horror up to date, up to this date. Um, I do appreciate everyone who has uh, tuned in and listened to both horror 421, the podcast and backstage 421, the musicians only podcast. I really appreciate the support. You guys have been tremendous. And to all the guests that I've had on the, uh, on the both podcasts, uh, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, it's been great. Uh, I've enjoyed speaking to each and every one of you. And uh, to my co-host from season one, uh, Elena Morales, I want to thank you as well. Uh, you really helped me kick this into gear, so I do appreciate it, and uh, you're always welcome back. Uh, but with that said, I would like to um, talk about myself a little bit today um, and kind of go through the uh, journey I've had uh, writing books and uh, kind of share with you what I have out there and what's coming. But um as always, I do appreciate the support. So back in high school, way back in 1987, uh, it was the year I graduated, but uh, I think the year before that, uh, I wrote my first novel. It was called The Burning Light, and it never saw the light of day, no pun intended, um, outside of a teacher and a few of my friends that read the book. It was uh, typed out on a uh, typewriter. Um, I don't know, it was about four or 500 type pages. And um, I was very proud of that book, and I wish I knew what happened to it. I thought it was in my mother-in-law's attic, and uh, when we cleaned their house out a couple years ago, I couldn't find it, so it's lost in the abyss somewhere, uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, I would love to have uh, pulled that back up. So I've always had a passion for writing. Um, out of high school, I joined the Navy and uh, uh, was in the Navy for four years, uh, married my wife, and uh, kind of life happened. We had a couple of kids and fast forward to 2012, 2013, and uh, I was in my 40s. And this itch that I never really scratched uh, became, you know, um, so, so heavy upon me that uh, I had to do something about it. And uh, I had to try writing books. It's something I've always wanted to do. And um, I never, I never did it. So um, I checked into how I could 
you know, maybe self-publish a book and went through Amazon and kind of found out how I could publish an ebook. And I had the germ of an idea in my head about an antique store owner. Uh, her name was Teresa Barnwell and uh, she owned this shop. And what came out of that was Black Tears. So this is my first uh, attempt at writing a novel. It is released as an ebook only. Uh, I did print a few paperbacks a couple of times for friends that wanted copies. Uh, I do have a few paperbacks available on the website, but these do not have ISBN numbers. They are uh, they're really registered only as an ebook through uh, Amazon. But it tells the story of um, of an antique shop owner. And she's working one day. She comes into her shop and she has a, a, you know, she has a person that she hired to help her out. And this little kid comes in with a stringer full of fish. Uh, he's barefooted. His face is dirty. He's got dirty overalls. He just looks, you know, he's a sad looking little boy. And so uh, she asks him what's wrong and he takes off. He runs out of the shop. And from there, the story kind of unfolds. Uh, I won't go into the details of the story because I am proud of it. It, it is a uh, cool story. And one aspect of the story, uh, which is really good, you know, there's an old big house in there, but this is was my uh, mother and father-in-law's house in Clear, Clearwater, South Carolina. This was at the top of a, a dirt road and it's surrounded by woods and Clearwater Pond is back behind it uh, somewhere. And it's a nice, creepy picture uh, that I took from the... Uh, uh, from the driver's seat of my truck, actually, through the uh, window, and then I pixelated it, blew it out a little bit, and stuck it on the cover uh, for Black Tears. So there's an interesting nugget for the people from the Valley, and I will talk about the Valley as I go through uh, this podcast, but uh, yeah, um, I'm really proud of this book. This is what kind of set it off for me. So thank you all who have read Black Tears. Uh, if you do want a paperback, you can go to valleyboypublications.com. I have like four or five left, so you can order a paperback if you'd like. And it's always available on Amazon as an ebook for 99 cents. So after Black Tears, I figured that uh, after the reception I got, I got some positive reviews and I got some good feedback. And, uh, you know, people reached out to me and congratulated me and asked me to or, or encouraged me to keep going. And so... I, I had the bug completely at that point, so I did keep going. And the next book I came out with kind of blew me away um, from a reception standpoint. Uh, to date, after all the books that I've written, and I've I'm working on book number fourteen now, it is still the most reviewed, best selling um, book that I've I've had out to date. And um, it's set in Millen, Georgia, and a lot of folks have read this book. I'm talking in the thousands, so uh, I do appreciate the support from everyone who's picked up a copy and read this book. But it is called Mrs. Fields Journal, and uh, it is set in Millen, Georgia, back in the 1980s. And uh, it centers around three characters, really. Um, it centers around Agnes Fields, well, four, but one of them is a surprise. Uh, it centers around Agnes Fields, uh, Tanya Benson and uh reggie uh murphy so reggie and tanya are you know thick as thieves um they are destined to be together um they're destined to be in love and and you know get married and have kids that's their destiny 
but uh, Agnes kind of puts a kink in that. And you can tell by the cover um, that she's the killer. You know, there's no mystery there. You see the blood spatter. You see her diary. You see the uh, sunflower on the cover, which was designed by a friend of mine named Charlie Bradley. Uh, he worked with me at the Augusta Chronicle, and uh, he designed this book for cover for me, uh, which is really, really cool. So shout out to Charlie Bradley. But uh, it centers around these three characters mainly in the 1980s. And towards the end of the book, it does uh, jump to 2012, uh, you know, after after Reggie is uh, grown up. But um, yeah, uh, I'm very proud of this book. The people in uh, Waynesboro, Millen, uh, you know, a lot of those folks have read it. A lot of the folks around here have read it. The sites and the sights within your head and sounds within your head when you read this book should be very familiar to people in the area. Uh, so still to date, this is my most reviewed and best-selling uh, book. Now, I'm going out of order a little bit because of the significance of this book. After I wrote this book, I went off and I wrote quite a few other novels and books, uh, short story collections and whatnot. And um, what happened was people were messaging me on Facebook and Instagram and text messages and asking me if I would write a sequel to Mrs. Field's journal. And for years, I resisted that urge to do, you know, to write a sequel. But in 2018, um, I finally caved um, because there was a story. And um, I wrote a sequel, and it took place six years after the end of Mrs. Field's journal. So from that came the locket. And Mrs. Field's journal was written as a standalone story. Um, there was a, a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it was wrapped up in a nice tight bow. So, you know, I had to come up with a way to drudge that stuff back up uh, six years later. And I did that through the locket. And uh, this story centers around Reggie and uh, a group of friends, uh, you know, his his daughter, whose name is Tanya. He has a wife named Denise and Tanya has a group of friends that she hangs out with. And um, the mysterious figure on the cover of this book is the antagonist in Mrs. Field's journal. Um, so when I reveal the third book, it's going to kind of give away the antagonist, but you don't know, you know, what it is or what motivates him um, until you read Mrs. Field's journal. Again, Mrs. Field's journal can be read as a standalone and you don't need to read Mrs. Field's journal to read the locket and the follow-up uh, because those stories kind of tell you what went on in the past. Uh, you know, kind of gives you a recap as I'm telling the new stories. So uh, it's not necessary you read Mrs. Field's journal, but it does help uh, to read it. So this one, like I said, takes place six years after the end of Mrs. Field's journal, centers around kids again, and uh, some bad things start happening in Millen, Georgia once again. And uh, it's a crazy ride. So I got 77,000 words into this, and uh, there was no end in sight. And so what I did was I cut it on a cliffhanger, which irritated a whole bunch of people. Uh, and I continue writing. I continue writing as it was as if it were one book. So when I hit the end on this book, I pick up with the very next sentence in the uh, third book of the trilogy. 
So one year after the release of this book came the third and final book of the series, and it's called Mazus. And uh, this is the antagonist throughout, the true antagonist throughout all three books. Um, and I know there's a glare because these books have a glossy finish, but uh, Mazus finishes the story of uh, Tanya, Reggie, Denise, uh, uh, Reggie and Denise's child and the children in Millen. It closes all of the chapters and there are no loose ends. Uh, so my plan is not to revisit this world in this state. Now, uh, the main character in this book, Mazus, he may pop up here and there in other stories, but uh, this story is wrapped. So I consider the locket and Mazus really to be one big book. So when you finish the locket, when you hit the last sentence, you pick up in the very first sentence of Mazus and just keep going. There's no recap. There's no nothing. It's it's you put them together and it's one nice size book. So about 700 and something pages when you put them together. So uh, um, I'm very proud of this trilogy. Uh, and a lot of people have read this trilogy. So I appreciate the support, you guys. And if you haven't read the trilogy, that would be a great place to start with Charles Campbell books. You can uh, try Mrs. Field's journal first. And if you dig it the way I hope you dig it, then you can check out the locket and Mazus to kind of round out that story. So went out of order a little bit in release dates, but I'm coming back to uh, chronological order. After that, um, I had an itch to write a short story collection. And I did. And my good friend, uh, Trey Keenan, he is a graphic designer at the Augusta Chronicle when I worked there. Uh, I was going through Facebook one day, and there was this really creepy photo that he posted. And it was so creepy, in fact, that I reached out to him and asked him if I could uh, use it for a book cover. And uh, not only did he agree to that, he designed the book cover for me. So it's a collection of short stories called Behind the Creaking Door. Tales from the Dark. Uh, Buddy Wingard, a uh, high school buddy of mine, he came up with the name, the title of the short story collection. But uh, Trey designed the book. And a lot of people, when I released this, thought that was me on the cover. But that's not me. That's Trey. And that's his creepy photo that uh, he let me use. So thank you, Trey. I appreciate it. And to keep it super simple, I really love this book. And there is a, a couple of stories in here that I've debated about turning into novels but to keep it super simple there's an alien story there's a voodoo priestess story there's a serial killer story there's a ghost story there's a monster story and there is uh i can't remember the sixth one um i cannot remember the sixth one but uh the it's super simple right a vampire story I don't know if I said vampire story, but that was one of my favorite stories in the book. Um, and the titles of these stories within the book are, um, let me go back to my uh, title, uh, table of contents. Uh, I have The Last Flight Out, which is a creepy little ghost story about a flight between two people. Uh, when they get into a conversation when they're on an airplane and something very unexpected happens. Uh, the monster's not real. This is a story centered around two documentarians in the African jungles, uh, kind of uh, keeping up with big cats. So it's a big cat documentary, but uh, 
there's something really strange going on in, in this jungle. Uh, the final yes, which is probably my favorite story in the book, uh, centers around uh, a vampire clan. Uh, and I may yet turn that into a novel one of these days. Going, going in circles is a turn the tables on the serial killer story. So it's a serial killer story, but uh, uh, it's not going to end well for the serial killer. That's all I'm going to say. Scouts honor. That's about a troop of Boy Scouts who go into the woods and they find something very unexpected and terrorizing. Price of the Priestess is a uh, story about a voodoo priestess and what this one lady uh, sacrificed to gain recognition and, uh, and ad admiration. So that's a collection of short stories that I'm super proud of. Trey Keenan, thank you again for providing the uh, cover to this. Uh, it's amazing. And, you know, I've sold a lot of these and I've gotten some good feedback on this too. So if you like your stories and short bites, uh, you can't go wrong with this one. You really can't. It's got something for everybody. And if you don't like one story, just go to the next, you know. Which brings me to my longest novel to date and probably craziest. Um, the cover was designed by a local artist. It was actually an oil painting done by Erica Pastecki Decker. Uh, she did a fantastic job on this cover, so much that uh, I didn't want to fill it up with type uh, because it's just simply beautiful. Uh, this is uh, the cover she designed for me, and it wraps around to the back. So you see the little sand crabs. Uh, you see the lightning in the sky. You see the ticket booth. You see the Ferris wheel. All of these things have significance in this book, even the crabs. So everything in this book, everything on this cover has significance within the pages of this book. This book is broken up into two parts. It's over 100,000 words. Like I said, it is my longest novel to date. It is set uh, in the valley. It's set in North Myrtle Beach, and it does go from the 1980s to the 1950s. So there is a time jump with two stories uh, contained in this book that center around a supernatural entity. And it begins with some high schoolers who uh, take their senior trip to Myrtle Beach like we're all familiar, like a lot of us in the area are familiar with, right? And a tragedy befalls one of them that kind of follows the rest of them uh, through, the, through the next 10, 12 years of their lives. And it comes to a head uh, in a supernatural confrontation. And I'll leave it at that. But uh, uh, this one was my favorite book to write. I don't know if it's my best book, but it was my favorite book to write, and it is batshit crazy um, is the best way I can describe it. And it's called Just Breathe, and that cover is one of my favorites. So shout out to Erica. You did a fantastic job on this. Um, I think I had this cover designed after I read Duma Key by Stephen King, and that cover influenced this cover. It's not the same. But uh, it heavily influenced this cover. It was kind of the look I was going for, and she knocked it out of the park. So thank you so much, Erica. Which brings me to my next novel. Um, and this one was a, a little different. I mean, it's it has more has horror elements is what I would say. But uh, I call it a sci-fi detective story with a with a little horror sprinkled in and there's definitely a twist in here and it's called cinnamon tea 
Uh, I actually designed this cover, so it's probably not one of the better cover designs of my books, but the story is solid, and it centers around two young ladies who disappeared uh, two years apart. Uh, one was named Avril, and the other was named Adrian. And um, after the first young lady disappears, um, uh, Adrian is the daughter of uh, of one of the police detectives in the town. And um, when Avril disappeared, you know, the, the leads went cold and, and uh, or when Adrian disappeared, the leads went cold and uh, the detective couldn't figure out what happened to his daughter. And it caused a rift in his marriage. And uh, two years later, another young lady disappeared under similar circumstances. So he thought, oh, here's my shot to find my little girl. Right. So he kind of spurns the police agency and kind of teams up with the young lady's family to try to figure out what happened uh, to their little girl to see if he could put the pieces together and find his uh, child. And uh, it turns into a crazy roller coaster ride as well. So it's a it's a good little uh, cat and mouse uh, story in here. Uh, but there is a sci-fi element, and there is a big baddie in here too. Uh, so we have some horror and sci-fi mixed together, and those you know those two pretty much go together like Reese cups, chocolate, and peanut butter. So I'm proud of this story. Um, the people who have read it, uh, they've enjoyed it, and. Uh, I took the name of one of uh, our close friends and changed it up a little bit. And, you know, she may or may not have survived in this book. You'll have to read it and find out. But uh, anyway, I enjoyed writing Cinnamon Tea. And most of the feedback has been positive for this book. So if you like sci-fi stories with a little bit of horror, uh, you can't go wrong with Cinnamon Tea. This brings me to another book that i designed the cover for okay so i'm not the best cover designer in the world but to this date i do believe this is still my favorite book that i've written um and it's called chasing the white rabbit and there's a story behind the name of this book i had a couple of shadow readers and one of them uh her name is danielle i, I won't say her last name on here because i'm not sure if she would want me to but her name's in the book as uh, a contributor, but uh, I was going back and forth with her trying to figure out a good name for this book, and um, she came up with it. She said, why don't you call it Chasing the White Rabbit? And I said, that is a perfect name. That is a perfect name. So um, another friend of mine named Jeremy, he, he allowed me to use a picture that he took at, uh, I believe it was Myrtle Beach, uh, with a pier. And believe it or not, there's a blue butterfly thread that that is very heavy in this book. So I took those elements and Jeremy's picture, and I designed this cover. And some of the people have said they love this cover, and I'm glad they do. Uh, and I guess it's growing on me. It is unique. But uh, it's called Chasing the White Rabbit. And like I said, the butterflies and the rabbit feet and the splatter of blood, they all have significance in this book. And um, you see the pier in the background. So the, the beach weighs heavily in this book. So this book is about a writer. His name is Barry Wigmore. And he writes a hit novel called The White Rabbit and the Gray Wolf. And it unexpectedly shoots to the top of the New York Times bestseller list. And he's like, oh, shit, what do I do now? Right. How can I follow this up? 
I mean, he hit a, a, a national circuit. He was on the Today Show. He, he visited all kinds of talk shows. I mean, the book really um, had national acclaim. And um, he was worried about the follow-up. He didn't think he had it in him to write something as good as The White Rabbit and the Gray Wolf. And unfortunately for Barry, he was right. Uh, his follow-up novel, the critics hated it. Uh, the novel after that, they hated it even more. Uh, his publisher was breathing down his neck to put something out that uh, uh, was at least as good as The White Rabbit and the Gray Wolf. Um, you know, he was getting it from left and right. He fell into a depression. He started doing some things he shouldn't do. And his wife gave him an ultimatum. She said, you can't live the way you're living now and expect me to hang around. So to Barry's credit, um, they moved. They picked up and they moved away from a house where he had caused all kinds of havoc and hell for her. And they moved to a town that I'm very, very familiar with. They moved to a town called Venice, Florida. And uh, at this place, they bought a house and they have an elderly neighbor and her name's Athena. And she seems sweet. I mean, she's a nice old lady. And uh, but there's something behind her eyes that isn't quite right. But what makes this probably my favorite book that I've written so far is I intersperse chapters of the White Rabbit and the Gray Wolf, Barry's hit novel, in with Barry's story. So I'm telling two stories concurrently within the same novel. And at the end, by the end, I wrap those two together and uh, you see kind of where it goes. Um, I love this book. I still love this book. And I still think it's probably my favorite out of everything that I've written. Uh, I may have to get the cover redesigned one of these days, uh, but uh, I really, really love this book. And an author friend of mine who actually lives in Venice, her name is Kim Leitner, and she's got a ton of books out there, too, so you can go check her out. Um, we just visited her in Venice a couple weeks ago when we were on vacation, but uh, she actually held this book up on Alligator Drive. Uh, that's a place, a location that I put in the book. So she took a picture of her, you know, of herself holding this book by that street, which is insanely cool. So thank you, Kim. But uh, if you want to know what my favorite book that I've written is, this is it. Chasing the White Rabbit. Uh, love it, love it, love it. I uh, encourage you to go check it out. And I have a penchant for the craziness, right? So this is the first book. Uh, the next book is the first book that I actually released under the horror 421 brand and uh i'll tell you about that brand for just a moment um most of the local people who know me knew, know that i grew up in the valley and to those of you who don't know what the valley is it is a collection of small towns on one stretch of road um on highway 421 which is why it's called horror 421 um and I grew up for the most part in Gloverville, South Carolina, but you have Langley Bath, Clearwater, Burnettown, Warrenville, um, just a plethora of little bath. You have a plethora of little towns um, that, that uh, make up the valley. And to be from the valley, you have to live on 421. Now, some people say that they can live outside of the valley if they live, you know, um, in North Augusta, if they live, you know, in Aiken, no, that's not the valley. The valley is from one end of 421 to the other end of 421. That's the valley. 
And uh, that's where I grew up, and that's how the brand became uh, what it is. But the first book that I released under Harfwork 21 Valley Boy Publications is The Locksmith. And The Locksmith is loosely based on a true story. Now, I'm not going to give real names to protect the guilty, but uh, I was in a business um, group. Uh, it's it's where you pass referrals to you know other businesses, and you kind of look out for one another, right? So we have the small town mentality of help our neighbor, and, and that means business owners who pass referrals. You know, if a lawn guy sees something that a pest control guy might want to go take care of, he'll pass you know that potential customer card of the pest control guy, that kind of thing. Um, so we had a pretty tight knit group. Well, in this group, we had a locksmith, and uh, he worked for a travel agency, which I won't mention the name of the travel agency, but he had a contract with a travel agency, right? And uh, so whenever someone called this travel agency for lock help, they would send him, and it was lucrative for him, and he made a lot of money doing it. So this one day, they send him out to change out a young lady's locks. And I think it was because she was either afraid of an ex-husband, an ex-boyfriend, um, someone that she didn't want near her home. And uh, so the locksmith goes and he chains out, changes out all of her locks. Everything's fine. Or so she thinks. Well, two to three days later, she receives a letter in the mail from this locksmith stating that uh, he was in love with her. They needed to be together. Um, you know, they were soulmates, and that scared the shit out of her, which it should. And so um, her father called the travel agency, and her father um, raised holy hell about that. And so when it came to our business meeting um, uh, that following week, I was on the, uh, geez, the, the membership committee. And so we we had a council, right, on who we kept in or who we needed to uh, release. So we got to read that letter, and we got the man in a meeting. We, 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 we didn't go to our regular meeting, and we pulled him to the side uh, so he didn't attend the regular meeting. And we told him what happened, and we told him he couldn't be in our business group anymore, and his contract was terminated with the uh, travel agency. And he just couldn't believe he did anything wrong. So the writer brain in me said that would be a cool story to put in a novel. Now, the beginning is set up pretty much that way, but I take liberties, and this guy didn't do actually do the things that the, the crazy locksmith did in this novel. But the premise was loosely based on that incident. And uh, the local folks got a real kick out of it, especially the people in that business group. So uh, if you want a good Horror 421 Valley Boy publication story to start with, The Locksmith is it. I would definitely recommend this one to you. Oh, and by the way, Trey Keenan designed this cover as well. Thank you, Trey. Which brings me to a story that uh, I am super proud of. It's one of two uh, books that I actually gained some um, some uh, national recognition on, um, which I'm proud of. Uh, I did run out of stickers, but I will talk about it. Uh, 
I'm a big fan of a musical artist, and her name is Jen Wigmore. She's right over my shoulder. So when I say I'm a big fan, I'm a big fan. Uh, I love Jen's music. I listen to it all the time. I listen to it when I write, um, and I think she's amazing. And so one day um, when she you know, was releasing a, a new album, uh, she released a 45 record. And the B-side is what got me. So the B-side of that record was called State of Silence. And in that song, there's a lyric that says, I know I will die in the silence. And I was like, man, that would be a great book title. I know I will die in the silence. But what can I do with that, right? So everything else I've written has been about, you know, things and places and, and areas that I'm familiar with and types of people that I'm familiar with. Uh, but I wanted to stretch myself a little bit on this one. So I did some research and I found a festival. Or it's actually a march that happens in Edinburgh, Scotland. Um, every August, the second Friday of every August, and it's called the Burryman March. And there are a couple of legends around this character called the Burryman. So the most popular legend is he would uh, march around the town, and I'm going to show you what the Burryman looks like. Uh, Francie Kilpatic designed this cover, and you can go look it up on YouTube. This is an actual guy, and he does an actual march every year, and it's been going on for centuries. You know, not a couple hundred years, but centuries. And the name of this book is called I Know I Will Die in the Silence, The Burryman. And Francie Klopatik did the uh, cover for this. She is another local artist, and she's amazing. And uh, the thing about The Burryman in, uh, is, I'll get back to the legend, is on that Friday, he gets up early. And uh, he starts his march around the town. And everywhere he stops, the children and adults, they place these burrs upon his costume. So they stick. They're natural plants, and they're burrs, and they're green, and they're, they look like little round stickers, and they stick them all over, his, uh, all over his body. Well, as he's doing that, some of the townsfolk uh, give him whiskey to drink. So I'm sure he's pretty messed up by the end of the day, right? Um, and whoever participates... They gain favor with the Burryman, and the legend is they will have a fruitful year, right? And he, uh, you know, he kind of brings good tidings to the town. He's a happy, he's a happy guy. And like I said, go to YouTube and look up the Burryman. And I got my research from the actual wife of the current Burryman. Uh, so I reached out to her on Facebook, and she sent me the literature that I needed uh, to put together the research, the the town of Edinburgh, the places that I needed to talk about and the march path that he takes. So I've got my, you know, I've got my stuff together as far as uh, the real history of the Burryman. There's another uh, legend that uh, paints him more as a uh, um, sacrificial figure, maybe, but uh, you can unburden your, uh, uh, unburden your, wrongdoings upon him and uh he will take them away but you have to pay him a price and the character on the front of this book this novel starts in augusta georgia goes to atlanta and it ends up in, in edinburgh scotland 
but her name is Scara. And she does something uh, in the United States that, uh, you know, isn't cool. I'll put it that way. And it kind of follows her. And uh, she takes a trip that was already planned to Edinburgh, Scotland, uh, before what she did happened. Uh, she did have the option to not go, but she takes, you know, takes advantage and she keeps that trip. And she gets wrapped up in the Burryman's March. And during that march, she faces uh, the second part of his legend, where she tries to unburden her wrongdoings, you know, uh, lay them upon the Burryman. But she has a price to pay. And will she die in the silence or will she pay in the Burryman's price? That's the other thing that haunts her. Um, and I don't want to dive too deep into the plot because I did stretch on this one and I entered this into the best book awards for 2020 uh, through American book fest. And it came back as a finalist. Uh, I'm super proud of that. And I had stickers, but I ran out of them. So this one doesn't have a sticker, but believe me, uh, uh, I'll get some more, but it had nice finalist gold foil stickers on these. And uh, this is a very interesting story that I'm super proud of. And if you want a real history lesson of the Burryman, you can read this and I got you covered. And the next book that I released under the Horror 421 banner really resonated with the uh, Valley folks. Um, so much so I had the best book signing I've ever had in my life at a local bar in Gloverville, South Carolina called Bruce's Bar. Um, and it's a staple in, in, in the Valley. Um, so I was shocked and surprised when, uh, I had my book signing there and there were so many people there uh, wanting this book and I actually ran out and I had to write a bunch of IOUs. But uh, the name of this book is Horror 421, The Road to Terror. And this is a collection of short stories. And this is my dear friend, uh, Elena Morales. She did the cover. She's an exceptional special effects makeup artist. Um, and when I say exceptional, she's I think she's probably one of the best in the world, uh, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, she's really humble, but I think she's that good and I uh, wish nothing but great things for her. And she was my co-host last season on this podcast and, uh, she did a fantastic job, but she blew me away with, with these images. So she did the cover photo. Trey, uh, did the overlay for me, uh, and he did the overlay on the back, but, uh, Elena is a billion percent responsible for these uh, images. Uh, that's a photo. That's not, uh. A drawing or a painting or anything that's her face and she did uh the backs she did the inside uh images as well for the stories and i can't i can't say you know i can't say it enough how how impressed i am with uh with her work so but this is very valley centric and uh the people really loved it so if you're from the valley and you haven't read this or <laughs> you need to pick it up uh and if you're not from the valley you, you still need to pick it up because the stories are really interesting so i have a story called even witches can cry and you know that guy mazus i talked about earlier he makes an appearance in that story i have a story called gloverville which is based on the town where i grew up in and it kind of has me and what my best friend when i was a kid and my grandmother in that story uh, 
change the names a little bit, but uh, it's us, and it's a cool story, and uh, I'm really proud of it. When I was a child and growing up in Gloverville, there was the uh, story of a snake lady that lived in Glenda's bar. So I have Glenda's and the snake lady in this book. Uh, I'm super proud of that story as well. I have a story called Valley Rat. Have a story called The Spirit of Langley Pond, so all the locals know where Langley Pond is. And I've got a creepy little ghost story about Langley Pond. Uh, I have a story called LBC, which is a local middle school. And uh, finally, there's a story called Wilson Road, which is a dirt road that uh, my wife and I lived on with her parents for a little while when we moved back but uh it's a dirt road with a big house that i showed you earlier on the cover of black tears and it's surrounded by woods so i have a cool werewolf story there there is a bonus story in this uh, book called flat tire and it's a creepy monster tale but uh yeah super proud of this book um you know it encapsulates what the valley is so everyone who's read this book i appreciate it I do appreciate all the support and uh, yeah. So you can go to valleyboypublications.com and get your own signed copy of Horror 421, The Road to Terror. All right. And then I have a whodunit, okay? And it is the cover images are uh, provided by Elena Morales once again. And it's a story that was uh, inspired by a friend of mine. It's actually his concept. His name is Donnie Morell. Um, he's a cool, cool guy, and uh, he's been very supportive of my work over the years. Um, so he gave me the concept for this book called Midnight Rider. And the cover image blows me away. That's Elena's best friend, Allie, on the cover with the slit throat. And that's her boyfriend, Dustin, holding the knife. So Dustin, Allie, Elena, Magnifico, you guys did an outstanding job on this cover. I do appreciate it so much. And on the back cover, we have uh, a crime scene photo. Again, Elena took this. I wish she could do every cover that I ever have, but uh, she's busy and and I've got spoiled with the cover she's done for me. But uh, Midnight Rider is another uh, story I'm really proud of. It is set in the valley. So what happened was there was a serial killer called Midnight Rider. That was his moniker. And uh, he left mementos at scenes, you know, and I won't get into those too much because I really would like you to read the story and kind of uh, go in blind, right? Uh, but the things I will tell you are there was an original Midnight Rider. And uh, the detective in this story, his name is Jordan. And Jordan stops and kills the original Midnight Rider before he slays his last victim. And then a few years later, the killings start again. The same MO, the same everything. And his first victim brings Jordan to his knees. And this guy has it out for Detective Sumner. It is so personal and it is so vindictive um, that he wants to break this detective. He wants to break him and he wants to, you know, ruin everything about this man. 
and Jordan has to fight through it. And does Jordan win? I don't know. You got to read and find out. But what I will tell you, it is a whodunit. And so far, uh, none of the reviews that I've received for this book, uh, no one has guessed the killer. And no one has, you know, said they've guessed the killer, which um, makes me proud as a writer uh, because, you know, you can telegraph those things pretty easily. And uh, I didn't have really any red herrings per se in this book. Um, so, you know, if you can guess the killer before the end, kudos to you because no one has done it as of yet. So Midnight Rider, you can also... Uh, Pick it up at valleyboardpublications.com. One thing I forgot to mention about The Road to Terror is it was also a finalist in the American Book Fest uh, Best Book Awards for 2021. Uh, and it uh, was in the anthology uh, collection. Again, I'm out of stickers, but uh, these have little gold stickers that belong on, on them too. So it, it was a finalist in that uh, national book competition for 2021. And I may enter this one um, this year. Uh, just to see where it ranks, but uh, it's a great whodunit. Uh, it's a tearjerker. Can't tell you if it's a happy ending or a sad ending, but uh, there is an ending. So check out Midnight Rider. And that brings me to my latest book. It came out earlier this year, and as you know, a lot of few people know that follow me. I do love music. I listen to a lot of music. And I thought, what could be better than if I put two things that I love dearly together, right? Music and uh, a creepy story. So I had a story turning in my head about, well, what if I had a regional band? The other thing people know about me is that I love female musicians and I love uh, female-led bands. Uh, going to see Garbage this weekend. Shirley Manson's over on my shoulder, too, so I'm a big fan of Garbage. But um, I thought, man, let me put together a story that, that centers on a female lead of a regional band. And the name of the band just happens to be, these shirts are available at the website, too. And I've sold a lot of these shirts to local people. But the name of the band happens to be the Valley Rats. So any of you Valley folks that want a Valley Rat shirt, you can head over to valleyboypublications.com and, and order you one. I've sold quite a few of those shirts. But the name of the book that has the band called the Valley Rats is Terror Tour. And uh, what happens is their lead singer, her name is Virginia Morgan. She's a lead singer of the band. And they start up with this regional tour, right? And they start hitting these towns, these small towns. And uh, there's a person who starts leaving them notes. Each band member, one at a time, this person starts leaving them a note. And they're not nice notes. And, you know, the guys think it's just some deranged person trying to play a joke on them. And they kind of blow it off or whatever. But uh, Virginia doesn't think so. She thinks it's something more ominous, and uh, Virginia happens to be right. And it turns into a story where uh, they're going to have to literally play the show of their lives to get out alive. Um, I'm super proud of this book. It's one of my shorter novels, but 
it's balls to the wall from the opening bell. Uh, and I really would love it if you guys pick this up. It's called Terror Tour. So I've kind of gone, gone over in detail every book that I've released so far. And uh, I'll talk about a couple more things real quick. So I host two podcasts. I host Horror 421, the podcast, where we talk about horror and we have guests on. Um, you know, we talk about movies. We talk about books. We talk about music. We talk about all kinds of stuff. And I have another podcast called Backstage 421, the musicians only podcast. And I started that this year. And in my opening episode, I had a young lady on. Her name is Brooke Singer, and she's the lead singer of an awesome band. I mean, they are amazing, and they're out of New Zealand, and they're called French for Rabbits. And they have this song called The Outsider, which just blew me away when I heard it. So go check out French for Rabbits, and, and particularly that song, The Outsider. But I'm saying all that to say this. During our conversation, she talks about taking piano lessons as a child, and she talks about a certain spot on the piano she wouldn't look at uh, because she was afraid. She saw the image of a witch in the wood of the piano. And I was like, oh, shit, can I use that? And she was like, yeah. So I began writing a – this is a hybrid kind of book. It's something that uh, I haven't really seen out there. Maybe there is, but uh, – and, you know, and I'm probably not the first to think of this concept, but it's kind of a hybrid short story novel. Uh, they have contained short stories, but there's a thread that drives through every story and it centers around the piano witch. And um, that's the name of the book. It's called The Piano Witch. And it came from an idea by listening to someone talking to me on the podcast. So, you know. Writers can get ideas from anywhere, and uh, I really enjoyed my sit-down with Brooke. Uh, she was amazing, and uh, their music is amazing. So I do encourage you to go out and listen to uh, Backstage 421, the Musicians Only podcast. If you're listening to this, you're already listening to Horror 421, the podcast. And, man, I've had some really good guests so far this season on both podcasts, and, and I'm continuing to, to get them booked. So I do appreciate you guys listening every week. Um, I do appreciate you buying books. I do appreciate you coming to book signings. Um, you know, I have super creative friends, and I try to support them whenever I can. Um, and another shout-out real quick uh, for The Road to Terror. You can actually go to weeklyspooky.com. And if you do a search probably on my name, Charles Campbell, you'll find a lot of these stories as narrated by my good friend, Henrik Kuto. Uh, he's an amazing movie director. He hosts podcasts. He's directed and produced television series. The man is a jack of all trades. Um, and, you know, if you want to hear some of these stories, you can go check them out on weeklyspooky.com. He's literally read like six of the eight stories in this book. So go check it out. And I did fail to mention, people have asked me in the past, uh, are any of these available in audiobook? I do have one available right now in audiobook. I plan to release more. I did release Territory on audiobook, so you can find it on Audible. It is narrated by me, so you get to hear my irritating voice for the duration of this book. But uh, for the folks who told me they would uh, 
buy a book, if I had it available in audiobook, well, there you go. You can go check out Territory on audiobook. I think I'm going to uh, see if I can get those last two stories from Henrik and release The Road to Terror at some point. So, Henrik, if you're listening to this, uh, going to need those other two stories. And uh, I, I will slowly but surely start probably with the the lower word count books and maybe work my way up. Uh, but eventually I'll try to get as many on audiobook as I can. Uh, and as always, they are all available on Kindle, on Amazon. Um, and the paperbacks are also available on Amazon. But I would rather you go to valleyboypublications.com and order them directly from me. That way, Amazon doesn't get as big of a cut where they don't get any cut when you order them directly from me. So uh, that would be much appreciated. And, uh, you know, if you see me at a book signing, come up and talk to me. Uh, you can go to the website and also order some merchandise. I do have T-shirts out there. I'm Horror 421 T-shirts and Valley Rat T-shirts. Uh, I will put sweatshirts back out there closer to fall. But, uh, yeah. And if you're into horror or if you're a musician and want to be on this podcast, this podcast or Backstage 421, please reach out to me. You can find me on uh, Instagram under Charles Campbell Author, Facebook Charles Campbell Author. We also have a Backstage 421, the Musicians Only podcast Facebook page, and we have a Horror 421, the podcast Facebook page. So there's plenty of places where you can reach me. And uh, with that being said, I do appreciate you listening to me, uh, giving me an opportunity to give you an overview of what I have out there uh, because I haven't done that before. Uh, so I'll release this podcast probably ASAP so uh, you guys can listen to me ramble for almost an hour and decide whether or not you want to pick up a Charles Campbell book. Uh, I sure would appreciate it if you do. Thank you, guys. You have a good night, and uh, I'll see you on the next episode of Horror 421, the podcast. Hello, lovelies. Welcome to Horror 421 the podcast with your host your friendly small town horror author charles campbell sit back relax and enjoy the frights in this week's episode